0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: In today's show, we've got a one-on-one with both Tyler Irvin and Kendall Lamb, two guys that hung on to their roster spot over the weekend. Plus, we do a little bit of Patriots previewing and talk about the Texans' backup quarterback position, and some other odds and ends. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, along with co-host Brian Patterson from Fansided's HouseofHouston.com. Thanks for diving into Lockdown Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. The news for today, Whitney Merciless, Chantrell Henderson, and Kevin Johnson will all be ready for the opener. They have said that they are are ready to go. Chantrell practiced. Whitney talked to the media. He said he's ready. Kevin Johnson, of course, coming back from the concussion. He's going to be okay. Merciless tweeted out a GIF of him blowing up a Patriots player on a huge block, which actually might be illegal. This The block that he put up uh, this year with the uh, helmet rule, he tweeted out the words, War week. So, uh, yeah, Merciless, he's ready to go. He's ready to to get some Patriots. Justin Reed is changing his number to 20. So when you're looking for Reed during this week's game, look for number 20. Badamosi is going from 20 to number 23. And, Brian, we got to talk about this Patriots game because guess what? We can actually talk about a real game that's on the schedule. And I think the thing that is going to be the most interesting, at least – On the defensive side of the ball for the Texans is the pass rush because, look, Brian, there's no Nate Solder. He's gone. Isaiah Wynn, their first-round draft choice, another tackle that they were uh, maybe going to be relying on. He's out for the year. So, you know, if the Texans can't get to Tom Brady this week, I don't know when you're going to get to Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, there's a good chance because, you know, we're locked and loaded, ready to go with uh, Jadavion Clowney. He's had the most success at getting to Tom Brady. I'm just hoping that he can get a sack. You know, Tom Brady coming in, uh, you know, well over the age of 40 uh, this season. Um, I think there's a good chance of that. And just good to hear, you know, about Whitney Merciless as well. Looks like he is ready to rock and roll as well. It'll be really good to see 59 out there. Hadn't seen him out there in a while. Um, It's just Romeo's just in a great situation where he has so many weapons. It's just, you know, he's going to be like the mad scientist being able to figure out what concoction uh, to put together to make this all work. But I want to see some sacks out there. Um, Hopefully we get one from J.J. Watt. Uh, Of course, he's come close over the years, but hasn't been able to get to him. But uh, he has such a quick release. I don't expect that changing. But uh, who knows who may be the guy? It may not be any of those guys. You know, Dylan Cole, you know, he's a rising star. Yeah, let's just hope that uh, you know, we see a sack uh, for Sunday.
1: JJ, he's got some hits on him. I, yeah, I'm trying to remember if there if there have been any sacks. But I, I think the thing that we're all concerned about, of course, is the cornerback situation. Uh, but the Patriots don't have the weapons that they've had. I mean, they 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 made the trade for Brandon Cooks. I mean, is there any one of those wide receivers, Brian, that scares you. I mean, Gronkowski is the one player that I I would say you're scared of. and, And I think you're in a lot better situation than you've ever been with the Texans because the safety play is going to be better. Ty Matthew, Kareem Jackson, you've got guys in the middle of the field that can cover a little bit. Plus, you've got some good linebackers that can cover now with Zach Cunningham specifically. I mean, you've got guys... That can at least stay with Rob Gronkowski. But outside of Gronkowski, I don't know what you're worried about anymore with the Patriots from a wide receiving perspective.
2: Well, uh, you know about the Patriots. You know, over the years, you know, even though it's not a brand name that you see out there on the field catching the balls, they become, you know, a brand name just based off of, you know, them playing for the Patriots. We don't know who's going to emerge this season. It doesn't really matter to Bill Belichick. Uh, regardless of, you know, the guys that are out, it's next man up, and then the next that next person could be the star. I'm more worried about how that cornerback play is going to be. You've got a 34-year-old corner that's gonna be out there, and then you've got a guy that's relatively inexperienced playing the slot most of his career, playing behind two great corners in Jalen Ramsey and uh AJ Bouya, And I'm talking about Aaron Colvin. So that's what I'm concerned about the most, but K Webster's out there too. So Who knows when we would have to put him into the game if things get ugly quick. They're going to be tested, and it's going to be up to them to make sure that they pass it. I'm pretty sure Jonathan Joseph is going to be okay, but I just don't know what Aaron Colvin did not. There were a lot of moments in the preseason where Aaron Colvin did not look all that great. So let's hope that that does not carry into the regular season.
1: If anybody can screw with the offensive line that's inexperienced, hasn't played together, it's, of course, Bill Belichick. He's going to show them everything. They're going to get the kitchen sink run at them. So is Davenport and Kelamete going to be able to work together enough on the left side to know which guy takes which guy uh, when there's uh, you know all sorts of twists and stunts and things like that? Same on the right side with Chantrell. And uh, Zach Fulton can can those guys handle it? Uh, that's going to be interesting because the Texans they're going to have to get this communication down quickly before you face the division opponents. Jacksonville, obviously, that they're the team that scare you the most from the defensive perspective. But I mean, Brian, I mean that's it. I mean, you you got to be able to uh, figure it out, and you got to be able to solve Belichick's uh, stuff early in this game
2: yeah and it's it's going to be a great coaching duel Um, we're going to see who's going to get out coached
1: Uh, lately it's been
2: Bill Belichick you know the guy that has shown Bill O'Brien the ropes uh, uh, in the NFL so um, yeah I definitely will keep my eye on that you know base and then also you know in the fourth quarter down to the waning minutes how is Bill O'Brien going to manage that clock I would imagine we're going to be in that situation again because you know the Patriots are not just going to roll up and and just they <laughs> let need us- to
1: not be in that situation and if yeah. it, if this is coming down to coaching uh it's a loss put it as an L because you know Belichick's one he's probably the best coach ever and Bill O'Brien is not the best coach ever let's just put it that way and uh O'Brien uh, you know I I keep wanting him to figure out some things as far as how to manage the clock, play calling, all that sort of stuff. Some of that we heard was on Deshaun last year. You know, maybe there were some plays that uh, he was supposed to run late in games that didn't happen. We'll see if that changes because he's in his second year. He should know what to do by now. Uh, remember, that was when they played the Patriots. That was, you know, was like, what, third or fourth game that he'd ever played in in the NFL. So he's smarter than he was before. But, yeah, Bill Belichick – uh, yeah, he gets the check mark on coaching. There's no doubt. But the Texans get a, they're, they're going to get check marks in a lot of other areas for sure. Don't forget on Wednesday we're going to have the crossover show. We're getting our lockdown Patriots host, uh, Mark Schofield, part of the lockdown network. We're going to talk about the game with him. He's going to give us some insight for sure. Also in today's news, non-Texans related, uh, the ripple effect of the Khalil Mack trade is continuing. Derek Carr was not happy about the Khalil Mack trade, not a surprise. He said, quote, the hardest part for me, obviously you lose a good football player, but he's my brother, man. That's one of my best friends. So I think the hardest part is I don't get to see one of my best friends every day. And Brian, remember, those two guys came into the league together, Carr and Khalil Mack. If you're Derek Carr, you know, this is where you should be starting to hit that part of your career where you're thinking about winning a Super Bowl and it's like they're rebuilding. It's like they're starting all over again.
2: Yeah, they had an integral piece uh, to the team, um, and you know, just kalu Mack is just one of those players that comes once in a generation. Just to let him go like that, just because of something petty, you know, those differences could have worked out. But John Gruden thinks that his system is, you know, above, you know, you know the talent. He feels that like he can go in and replace him just as well. And they did trade him out of the conference, so. They're not going to be seeing him a lot. You know, he goes from the AFC to the NFC. And maybe that was, you know, I'm pretty sure the Bears offered the best deal for him. They were the ones willing to put up uh, two first round picks. for I, the And guy. I'm
1: glad the Texans, you know, for their sake, he's not in the AFC anymore. It's one less guy the Texans got to worry about. So that that's good, too. Uh, I'm not too worried about the Raiders
2: right now. It's such a mess over there. And, uh, I, you know, he, he's a talented player and he could burn us pretty well, but overall the Raiders right now, they are such a mess. Not, not really a concern to me.
1: All right. You're about to hear my conversation with Texans running back Tyler Irvin, but first, Brian, we got to talk about my bookie. Cause there's some games that people have to bet on this Sunday. Hey, the first game is on Thursday. So you got a little Thursday night football, but, uh, my bookie, it's the place to go. If you want to make some bets, that is
2: right. Uh, pretty much with my bookie, when, when you go out there and you place your bets, usually it's what team to bet on this week. You got Patriots, or you got the Texans, Chicago or Detroit. Well, let me tell you this, where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to MyBookie.ag. They've been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, just two business days. I would recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today or download the app through the Google Play Store or i you know, the i app store and you play, you win, you get paid. It's all about my bookie. Jump on it.
1: Time to take you inside the locker room. I spoke to Tyler Irvin and Kendall Lamb, two players that most Texans followers believed were on the bubble at best. Uh, Irvin was also trying to come back from the torn patellar tendon that cost him most of last season. He is a San Jose State guy who played with Jermaine Kelly, Andre Chachere, and David Quesenberry. So I also tried to get a little perspective on those guys from him. Here's my chat with Tyler. So first of all, Tyler, what's the comeback been like for you uh, throughout uh, this off season and, and training camp
0: and, and the preseason? This has been a, a progression, you know, just continuing to work, trying to get better. Um, after a while, you know, I, I know that I'm healed up. Now it's just uh, time to continue to get back to playing football and, you know, doing what I can do best.
1: What do you feel like the difference, the stuff that you've learned over the last couple of
0: years to help you out in, those, in this last few months? Uh, you know what? It, honestly, it's just like, you know, you learn a lot, you know, as you progress through the, through the years and all that kind of stuff. One thing I noticed is just, just take care of your body every way you can. So um, that's what I've just been really working on, focusing in on, and it's been helping me out a lot.
1: What's it like to have had Jermaine here and Andre, a couple of San Jose State guys? What's that mean to have those guys, and what's your relationship with them?
0: Man, those are my guys. So uh, we, uh, we all went to school together, and I was um, there, and they are a little bit younger than me, but we went to, to San Jose State uh, for two years uh, where I was at the same time. So I know them. Um they're like my little brothers, man. Uh those guys are amazing teammates. So I'm just glad to have some guys that I know from a uh, past life, you know, here in Houston. What what was your big advice to those guys when they got here? Uh just continue to take a daily approach and understand that this is not college, so you know, just make sure you're as professional as possible and just come to work. What did you see from Andre? Cause he got a lot of playing time in the preseason. You know, he, he I think um, you know he just continued to get better. And at the same time, I don't I don't want to speak for his progression, but you know, just visually, um, you can probably go ask him. But I think that he's going to continue to just keep working. Well, what about uh, your hair cutting skills? Cause Jermaine says he, you used to cut his hair. Is that right? Yeah, back in the day. So when I was in college, I used to be the team barber. Um, I had a lot of time on my hands, I guess you could say. Now, not so much time. So were you a good good barber? Did he like what he did? You did? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was the guy that everybody was coming. To. Too. Not just because I was their teammate, because I was actually pretty good. So I think that, uh, you know, I still have some of that skill left. I just got to, you know, tap into it.
1: I asked you about uh, Andre and Jermaine, but uh, really sad to see David Quessenberry go after everything that he's been through. What was your feeling when you heard about David getting waived?
0: You know, it's always tough when you see a, a friend of yours, uh, you know, not on the same team as you. But at the same time just gotta continue to send them positive vibes and hopefully everything's gonna work out for him.
1: Was he one of the mentors
0: for you when you got here? Oh yeah, for sure. Since day one he was kinda letting me know the ins and outs and you know, showing me the ropes. I'm I'm always gonna be appreciative of, you know, everything that he did for me in my rookie year.
1: Have you talked to him in the last couple of days? Yeah. Anything that uh, he was able to tell you or you were able to tell him like
0: how, how was his mood
1: after after that?
0: Um, you know, I was, just, I was just trying to send him some positive vibes at the end of the day. That's what matters. Um, you know, life happens. So just got to continue to push for it.
1: Last thing I want to ask you about is the special teams because that's a, a huge deal. You're so much a part of that. Um, what, what do you feel like, uh, this team is or where are they in special teams? Because, uh. You know, we got you have a new coordinator and and that's something I know you guys definitely want to improve on.
0: Yeah, I think we're just all just trying to put together. Like I said, we're just all working hard, uh trying to make it happen. I think hopefully if we continue to do those things, we're gonna be happy at the end of the year. All right, thanks so much for doing this and good luck this year. Thank you. That
1: was Professional Barber and Texans running back Tyler Irvin. Next up is tackle Kendall Lamb, who looks like he's made significant improvement from last season. You're about to hear how he improved and what he worked on. Before we get to that though. I asked Kendall how the past few days have been. Well, first of all, what's what's the last few days been like for you?
3: Well, for me, I went home and saw my family. Um, kind of had a little bit of things, situations happen at the at the house, so it was big for me to go home. I mean, regardless of what happened here, in my opinion, family's first. So it was good to reconnect and see everyone. So yes, sir. Family stuff kind of kept your mind off of this a little bit, I guess. Or- uh, for for sure. I mean, you always think about it, but if something's negative at the house especially with my grandparents you know I got to go home and take care of it so yes sir
1: what's it like to know that uh, you, you were able to to make the team this time
3: I mean it's just another opportunity but the way I approach things it's always at a day-to-day basis with me I mean you know the NFL always has a revolving door so you know I try to earn my keep each and every day and that's just a mindset I approach it what did
1: you think about um how you played uh over the training camp in the preseason do you feel like uh uh, you've gotten a, a lot better over the last uh, couple of years.
3: Um, it's definitely progress. Um, there were some things that I felt, you know, I worked on the off season back home that I saw some positive, some positive gains in. So, but I, as I said, this is a this is a nonstop <laughs> growth process, and I mean that's what it'll always be. Is it more
1: uh, for you? Has it been more about technique, or what? What exactly uh, have you been working on specifically?
3: I mean, it's been everything. Um, technique, in my opinion, is always one of the key things, but. You know, I'm not the heaviest guy, so for me it's putting on a little bit more weight, getting stronger, because I know the way guys are going to attack me is just knowing myself and my body personally. So just, you know, pinpointing those little things and going from there. What's it like to start off the season with the the former world champions
1: and and, uh, this past season, obviously, uh, the runner-ups, but they're the Patriots? I
3: mean, it's a great opportunity. But like I told you, I approach every game that same way. I mean, each week, in my opinion, is a one-week season, and we do what we need to do and see how it goes.
1: What about uh, what you've seen from the tackles? Uh, what do you think of, like, Chantrelle and what you've seen of Julian Davenport's growth, and, and uh, Martinez Rankin's been getting some time at tackles oh, yes, as well.
3: I mean, it's, it's, it's been big. You know, we we talk to each other no matter who's in, you know, we try to pick each other's brains and see if we see it through the same set of eyes. No matter who's in, you know, we communicate, we tell them what we see and, you know, it's just a brotherhood, like I said. We try to help each other out however we can and uh, I'm intrigued to see how those guys do, for sure.
1: you got guys you go against in practice every day that are as good as anybody in the NFL. Uh, How fun is it to to get that challenge and and what does that mean for your growth as a a tackle?
3: I mean, it's huge. Like you said, we have some of the best players from the front seven standpoint in the league, so if you can block those guys, in my opinion, you can block anybody, and it's good to go against that caliber each and every day because you know you got to bring it. Because if not, they'll make, they'll embarrass you out there. So you just you do what you can and you grow as you can and see how it
1: goes. It feels like this is the maybe the ah. deepest front seven that you guys have ever had, and definitely uh, maybe in the last couple of years. Uh, what do you think when you as you're going up against some of these guys?
3: <laughs> to be quite honest, every time I go up, um, if it's not in practice or whatnot, I think the same thing. I take a deep breath. You know, you you see what play you got. and You keep it moving no matter who it is. But I will say this. They're so versatile, and they bring so many people in. you got to be on top of your game at all times.
1: Well, good luck to you this week, and thanks so much for taking yes, the
3: time. Yes, sir. Take care. That was Texans offensive tackle Kendall
1: Lamb, or maybe you can just call him the swing tackle this year. And what he said is true, that added weight was a big deal because he got pushed around uh, far less during this preseason and training camp, and Brian – I'm honestly wondering who's more likely to step in if one of the tackles goes down. Is it Lamb or Rankin? Which one might be the real swing tackle? Uh, we saw Lamb play primarily right tackle and Rankin left tackle. You wonder, Brian, if the Texans coaches feel okay with them flip-flopping and playing the other tackle position or do you think just Lamb is the backup right tackle and Rankin is the backup left tackle at this point?
2: Yeah, I do think that Kendall Lamb right now, at the moment, he has that role. He is the swing tackle because he's been in the system longer. He has been in the system. This is going on three years, um, you know, with the Houston Texans. So. Um, I, right now, Kendall Lamb's that guy, but Martinez Rankin is your swing tackle of the future with his versatility. That's why we drafted him. So that's the way I feel things, things are going, um, you know, with Kendall Lamb, you know, they tried him out at guard for a little bit just to see where he was at and, you know, that wouldn't work out too well. So we know where his strength is and that's at tackling and he is the guy that's going to be right there to do it for now. Uh, but Martinez Rankin, once he gets going, uh, look out, Kendall Lamb. Your roster spot's going to be taken.
1: Yeah, Chantrell Henderson, we got to see how he does because you said Martinez Rankin is the swing tackle of the future. I'm I'm kind of wondering if uh, Martinez Rankin, Rankin is the starting right tackle before the year is out. I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to go. Uh, Chantrell and Kelamete, my two biggest concerns a- along the offensive line, Brian, would you say that's the case or – you worried about Davenport at all or, you know, what's your concern level among the offensive line? Who who would be one, two and three? I'm not worried about
2: Julian Davenport one bit. The guy continues to excel at the position. Uh, like I said, last season, he was already starting that upward movement in terms of his ability to go out there and protect. Um, you know, week 17 was his best Uh, week of the season. And um, if it wasn't for the AC shoulder sprain that he got, you know, toward the uh, midpoint of the season, we probably would have seen his abilities, his growth a lot earlier. But uh, now he's got this opportunity. So he's the least guy I worry about. I'm really concerned about Senyo. Uh, you know, like I said, Pro Football Focus. You know, they have some really good insight, really good grades that we look at, uh, which kind of gives us a good guide to, as far as to how they're performing, seeing some of the things that we may not see out on the field. But you know, with the trained eye, you know, we—I'm just not seeing that out of him. And maybe he's just saving this for the regular season. Maybe he can just surprise us all and be and be pretty darn good at guard. But. When you look at his grades, um, you know, he he was better than Xavier Suofilo cuz Suofilo regularly uh, was in the 30s and there were some weeks where he turned in a 40, 42 and then uh the first week of the season he was in the 50s. So he's bad but not as bad as we had. I don't know if that's even something worth mentioning, but at least we have improved just increment, incrementally um, as far as in that position. But, uh, it you know, this, there's a whole season to play. Here we go. I, I hope that he does well.
1: Yeah, and Chantrell, is, he's going to have to prove that he can stay on the field. Healthy. Yeah, injury issues and all that sort of stuff. That that That's maybe the bigger concern about him than quality of play. But Martinez Rankin looked like he might be able to step in pretty soon, at one of those positions, if somebody is struggling, and hopefully that's the case, that's why you draft them in the third round. Uh, there was a bunch of NFL backup quarterbacks who changed teams over the last week. We're going to get into who might the Texans have gone after, if any, if they should have gone after after any. But before we get there, let's remind you that if you're enjoying the show, Locked On Texans, if you're enjoying it, tell your friends. They can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes, and most anywhere you're going to find your favorite podcast. Do us a favor. Share the links to our show with your social media followers so we can bring more people into the tent. We also want you to be a part of the conversation. And I know there's, I've seen some reviews on iTunes that aren't good. If you're enjoying it, you know, tell us on iTunes, say, you know, the the, the show's good. If you like it, if you've got a problem, if there's something that we can do better before you rail on us on iTunes, how about just sending us an email at lockedontexans at mail.com. Tell us, what you think. Tell us how we can get. We want to get better. Tell us how to get better. Tell us what we're not talking about enough. Uh, who the, you think we should get on the show. Maybe uh, there's a guest that you want to hear. We're always willing to listen to you guys. We want to hear questions and comments y- from you. Again, that's LockedOnTexans at com. We haven't had a chance to speak to the backup quarterbacks who've been dealt in the last week, Brian. And I know you've got some thoughts on this. The Saints... Got Teddy Bridgewater for a third-round pick. The Seahawks got Brett Hundley for a sixth-round pick. The Raiders got A.J. McCarron for a fifth-round pick. So a third, a sixth, and a fifth in those three deals. The one thing that I will say, and I know you're a Bridgewater fan and you'd love to get him, but if you trade a third-round pick for Teddy Bridgewater, the likelihood is he's gone at the end of the year. So if he doesn't play it down because Deshaun happens to stay healthy, which we all hope will be the case, then Teddy Bridgewater – you just gave up a third round pick for nothing because um, he's going to go somewhere where he's going to get a chance to maybe start down the road. And, and I'm sure there will be openings like that around the NFL, but I mean, is Hundley or McCarran a guy that you would have been interested in giving up? Do you think they are a, a major upgrade or an upgrade in general over Brandon Whedon? Yeah, it would have been a major upgrade for Brett Hundley. In fact, on house of Houston,
2: I did Uh, Print that in writing. I I went on the record saying uh, how much Brett Hundley would be able to help this team. No, he's not Deshaun Watson, but he possesses those same traits. He had a very solid preseason, and a lot of people thought, you know, I had I gotten to a spat with somebody, you know, in regard to him just being released. I'm like, he is playing well. That guy has value. That guy's going to get traded, and look what happened. The Seahawks have a reliable backup over there behind uh, Russell Wilson. I I think that Brett Hundley would have been perfect for this system. I've I've said that since he came through at UCLA. I wanted to draft him when we were looking for a quarterback. I wanted the Texas to invest in him, you know, at least, you know, at a point, you know, where, you know, we could just see what he has because we needed this type of quarterback, kind of like Deshaun, to thrive in the system. And as you can see, it's really working.
1: Just a quick reminder for all of our our listeners, if you'd like to check out more shows from any of the Lockdown Network, just go to LockdownSports.com. Uh, we've got the college channel now in the Lockdown Sports Network. So uh, look for your favorite college team. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and follow for free. The Lockdown Network, 2.5 million downloads we've got per month uh, throughout the network. And, again, it's all on LockdownSports.com. Brian's got everything covered on HouseOfHouston.com and, and Houston Sports, Rockets, Astros, Texans, etc. A fan site affiliate, my Houston Sports Talk podcast. You know where to go for that iTunes the Google Podcast app. Always uh, weekly interviews and um, thoughts with me and my co-host RGCL on what's going on around Houston sports. That's all we got for this show. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week.
0: You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>